Hey, hey and, and here it is. No matter where Melo would have went, I was talking about uh, New York and Detroit. I was talking about those two teams because they was going to try to find a way to get all my boys. Right. That's why I wanted them to go right there. And like I'm going to tell Mike, hey, with Melo, you're going to be good. You bring in Jello, you're going to be better. You bring in Lonzo, you're going to have the best. I guarantee you win a championship because that's the original big three. They grown organically. Them dudes can switch and play at a pace that nobody can. The last so, time my three was together, they was babies and they went undefeated. So imagine what they can do as grown men. And the message from Burner, I believe, would be that every black person should please remember that you were Africans before you became anything else. Thank you. African wow. Connection podcast, man. Yes, uh, that clip in the beginning is crazy. Though. Shout out to LeVar Ball. We're going to talk about it a little bit later. Mm. But yes, shout out to LeVar Ball, man. Mm-hmm. He did it. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> he did it. He did Respect. it. He did it. But this is your boy, Drew, on the mic. And to my left, I got my guy, Benji, with me today. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? We are back at you with another episode of the African Connection podcast mm-hmm. with yet another guest, mm-hmm. Our my good friend, Badu James. Yeah, hey, clap it up for my man. Yeah, man. Okay. I'll clap for myself. Thanks, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yo, yo. Give <laughs> a little intro, man. People that don't know you, bro. Yeah, man. My name is Badu. You know, I'm from Dakar, Senegal. Uh, but I now live in Tampa, man. I've been, uh, you know, I came to the U.S., played basketball, did that whole thing. Uh, you know, and now I'm an old man just working, man. <laughs> so I got to cut in there because that was probably one of the most humble intros, you know, one yeah. can do for themselves, right? So I get it because you can't do it for yourself. So I'm going to do a little bit for you. So Come this on, guy, man. you know what I'm saying? My, my man has done it all. When he said he did the basketball thing, he didn't just do it half. He did it full. You get mm-hmm. me? Pro, D1, prospect, all of it. You can call it what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guy got multiple things he's working on. So, you know, that's just how it goes. But I get it. Stay humble, King. Stay, Stay humble. humble. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> hey, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, bro. Much love. Thank you for coming on, bro. Yeah. And you in, you, you're in the city where my favorite hockey team plays. Tampa Bay Lightning won the championship. Really? So, you know, yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm a hockey player. Huge fan of Tampa Bay. So, I like him already. <laughs> yeah, bro. No, that's what's up, man. They're, they're, that's the top team here. Like, we have the Bucks. We have the, um, you know, we have like the Bulls. We have a soccer team too, but the Lightning are killing it in Tampa. Yeah, yeah, they recently years. moved there. Right? Or oh, was it the baseball team that recently moved to Tampa? Tampa um, recently got a new team, no? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Vegas, Vegas. Vegas. Oh, yeah, maybe yeah. I was thinking Vegas. Maybe I was thinking Vegas. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every team now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's crazy, crazy, bro. But thank you for coming on, like I just said. And uh, I just wanted to start with you and where you guys met, basically. Yeah, okay. So we start off a little bit, man. So, um... So I went to school in Florida, Sarasota, Florida, the most yeah. interesting place. Uh, <laughs> nothing but old people in basketball is, is the memories <laughs> from there. But uh, we went to a basketball academy called Impact Basketball. We were there together. together. We had tons of international kids with us. Um, I mean, the coaches were, were basically college kids that were there. We was ran by our good friend, Matt. Um, they got the whole organization going, school, basketball, down pat. We were... We were on a strict tight schedule, man. Tight schedule. Yeah. So that's a little bit about where we met, man. T- tell us a little bit about your memory. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Strict tight schedule for yeah. sure. But but I remember um so I so before I went to that school, I was in a in a military school. Mm. Right. I was trying to get out of there like quick because this was a bad situation. Mm. But they took me to Sarasota and then eventually I met um you know, Benji was there with his older brother. At yeah. the time, he was he was like the younger dude. We I used to call baby, him. Man. I used to call him fifteen, like yeah. fifteen years old. <laughs> that was his nickname for fifteen. Yeah, like seventeen. <laughs> yeah, man. But he was there, man. Like skinny, lengthy. You know, he was like just playing ball, man. And we, I remember, we used to like just train from morning to night, mm-hmm. like nonstop. Mm-hmm. Like we'll wake up six, go train. Mm-hmm. then go to class for a little bit and go back and train lift and all of that like for high schoolers man mm-hmm. it was it was a good like a good basketball situation it was man yeah. and, and from my perspective to remember i guess i could say i was i was young and badu was a lot older at the time uh with some yeah. of the other guys but uh he spoke french and so did a couple other senegalese guys which is why i gravitated towards them as mm-hmm. a youngin yeah. so did my older brother so mm-hmm. it was like you know him uh john michelle who's also our younger younger than me actually yeah we had bunama we had ah we had plenty man 
Pulled yeah, through. yeah. No, no. We had we had fun, man. We had we had a lot. Of, at the time, we didn't know it, but thinking about it now, we had a, we did have a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a great experience. But that's probably like the dream that a lot of people have because you know if you go to like a uh, was it what is it was it a basketball it was center an academy? Yeah, basketball academy. Okay, because a lot yeah. of people like you know if you go to a high, a high school that's just kind of regular, you don't really have that day to day. So I'm guessing you guys think that that made you better players and. While oh, playing 200%. and stuff like that, because that's, yeah. that's all you're focusing on. It's like college. Yeah, yeah I mean, when I, when you get to – they're trying to get to, like, that next level. Um, you know, everybody has, like, ability, but it's kind of like what what have you honed as your second nature? Mm. You know what I mean? What what do you go to yep. in your second nature without thinking? Mm-hmm. So that allowed us to do yeah. that because of the level of repetition that we got to, right? Yeah. It was, like, jump shots every yeah. day. Like, to this day, give me a basketball, I'm going to hit 8 out of 10 one-dribble pull-ups. That's just how it's gonna go because we did so many of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, man. You know? It's just how it goes. No, that's that's one. It's like it's just like the fundamentals. I mean, we didn't have like great competition, like playing against top schools. But mm-hmm. as far as you know, fundamental skills, like we were on it like yeah. every day. And Still I think that's like some of that stuff helped us a lot hmm. compared to like other schools. How hard was it to get in there though? Like, uh, did you have to obviously try out and stuff? But like, how hard was the competition? Because like you said, you were there, you were there by doing your brother. Yeah. There, so like, mm-hmm. how hard was it to, or did you have to apply and stuff like that? Yeah, I guess uh, you know that actually ties into a little bit of the question I was gonna ask. Much of the Saint Drew's question is, Badu coming from Senegal or you know, yeah. military school? I'm not sure exactly where it was, um, but that wasn't probably so removed from when you were in Senegal. How yeah. Was that definitely. like, and how was it like transitioning into Florida and like? I guess mm-hmm. to answer your question a little bit, it was a little difficult, you know, yeah. but some kids in yeah. there got in, uh, like, to, like, just to get better. They weren't that good, mm-hmm. but, you know, they could afford to be there and pay better. Okay, so, yeah. so I could have made it. I thank you. Yeah. That's all I need to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but you talk a little bit about that, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, my, like, my situation was uh, a, a little different because for me, what happened is I was in Senegal. I was just playing basketball, you know. I was just training every time like all the time. And then um, I got an opportunity to come to the U.S. and play AAU for two months. Mm. Uh, this was like the, uh, it's, the camp was called Adidas Nation Camp. Yep, so we came in, we played, uh, we played uh, I think, AAU for two weeks in Vegas and then went to Chicago for another two weeks for the actual Adidas Nation Camp. So we did that, uh, you know, at the time, I thought I was good when I was in Senegal. When I came here, bro, they were destroying us, man. I was mm. like, man... You know, this this might not be it. But, you know, eventually, like, some coaches, like, just saw that I had some potential and they reached out. I was like, yeah, we would love to have you um, come back for high school. So I went back home. What's, how, how big are you at this point? What's the size? Like, how tall are you? How, size? Because um, right now you're probably, what, like, 225? Bro, I'm, like, 235 right 235. now. 6'8", <laughs> 235. So this but, is, like, after years of working out constantly. Yeah. So at the time of this... Yeah, I was probably like I would say six, six five, like one one ninety, two hundred, something like that. No, you were probably older. No, no I was older. I was I was um I was sixteen, seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. But so I went back home. Uh, I got home. Um, you know, I was I knew I was coming back to the U.S., so I just didn't go to school anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just stayed home, just trained. And then, like, a few months later, you know, I got my, like, um, they had to do the visa paperwork and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they finished it. I was approved. So I came to the U.S., like, for the first time by myself. Hmm. Not the first time, but by myself this right. time. And then, um, you know, they sent me straight to that, um, to that military school, man. Where was Yo, that? I got there. It was in North Carolina. Oh, it was in Greensboro. It was called Oak Ridge Military Academy. Like it was, I mean, the school was great because like all the players, almost all the players we had were like high level D1 players, right? Mm. So I was like the younger guy coming in and, um, and I came in in like January. So there was like the second half of the season left. So coming in, like the, I wasn't playing much, bro. They was benching me a lot. Um, but, you know, I was still training on the side by myself. Mm. And next thing you know, I mean, the situation there was terrible, bro. Like, mm. it used to be in those, like, um, right? like, a small room, like, just a bed, like, a sink right there. Mm. Uh, it wakes up at, like, 5 in the morning just to have a stand outside for no reason. Like, just, <laughs> yeah, bro. And, like, all the kids that were there were, like, um, you know, like, the problem kid. The problem child where the parents was, like, oh, yeah, we'll send you to military yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
just be doing crazy stuff, man. You know, I, I, I was like, man, this, like, I thought about going back home. Mm. And then something happened with the coach where he had some issues uh, with the, like, 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 some, like, illegal stuff going on. And they shut down this program, the basketball program. Damn. Damn. Yeah. So after, like, at that period, I was, like, the school, like, yo, they, this, the, the coach brought you here. He's not here anymore. You got to go. I had nowhere to go, right? So I was like, damn. So for like two days, I was trying to figure out where am I going next because they were trying to kick me out of school. Mm. So that's when I, um, you know, reached out to one of my aunts, like that I know that lived in the U.S. So I went there. Uh, when I got there, uh, I was trying to figure out what school I'm going to go to next. That's when I met Mamadou. I'm not sure. You know Mamadou? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen Mamadou a few times. Yeah, that's when I met Mamadou. And Mamadou, I, was, I explained in my situation. And I was like, you know, I need to find a school so that I'm able to, you know, like keep my visa like aligned and stuff, everything. So he then reached out to Matt. Coach mm. Matt was like, we'll, we'll, we'll check him out. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, we'll check him out. Have him come over. And I had to figure out the money for the flight. I didn't have that. Mm. So I went to Sarasota, landed as soon as I landed. He picked me up from, the, from Tampa airport. We drove one hour to Sarasota. Took me straight to the court and trained. He killed me. <laughs> right off the plane. Right yeah, off the you plane. This story before, yo. I remember this. Bro, yo, he he went so hard. I was like, I thought he was just trying to test me, bro. I was like, yeah, at some point he was giving me drills. I was barely dribbling the ball. I was just walking on the court. I'm like, bro, I can't do this shit. <laughs> but you know, eventually it worked out. You know, he liked me. And then that, that's how I stayed there. That's how I got to the mm. school. Crazy, yeah. man. Yo, imagine that. Yo. The basketball program yeah, getting shut down. Mm-hmm. You coming over. You show up to a new spot. This crazy guy, Matt Hiller. And I, and yeah. I emphasize crazy. <laughs> in the best way possible. This yeah, man. Crazy. The smartest madman I've ever met in my life, bro. Damn. No, he great guy. For real. Oh, bro. That guy was is a special human, man. Shout out, Matt. Yeah, man. That's, that's how, that's, that was my story on how I got there. I don't know how you got there, bro. Honestly? It was a, it was like a network of events, mm-hmm. um, because you remember, did you know TJ Bullock? No, no, I think that was before. But my, mind you, my brother had went there, so a couple other guys from Switzerland had gone there, uh, and my dad was looking for somewhere to send my brother in the states, and so Impact mm-hmm. got brought up, and then through my brother, one, two, three came about. You know, we yeah. always move in pairs. Me and my brothers, we move in pairs or trios or quads. Yeah, you'll find us alone most of the time. So. We ended up just going there. We went to Impact, then Iona, and yeah. so on and so forth, bro. So on and so forth. Crazy, man. That's crazy. What were your What were your parents thinking the whole time? Because you were here by yourself, alone, and then all of a sudden you might have called them that, yo, I might have to move back, or I might, you know, yeah. I, I don't have a place to stay. Like, what were, what were they thinking the whole time? Mm. Yeah, like, for me, bro, like, I... Because I'm the only child, right? And I only live with my mom. So, mm-hmm. I mean, my dad had other kids, but I only live with my mom. So... At the time, I tried not to tell her what was really the situation because yeah. mm-hmm. so that she wouldn't worry. Yeah. Um, but I think at some point, because like at some point, I like I had no money, and I was like, "Mom, I called my mom. I was like, I need something like to be able to just buy, you know, a yeah. couple of food and stuff like that." Mm-hmm. So, and then that's when she asked. But I explained her the situation, trying to like make it not as bad as it was. Yeah. Um, but she was like, till this day, bro, my mom calls me every day. You know what I mean? So ever since I came in the US, till she, I mean, till this day, she calls me every day. I speak to her every day. Mm, yeah. So so she's, she's um, you know, I know it was tough for her, but she didn't really know how much I was going through. So I just told her it was cool. Yeah. Well, now she knows. <laughs> yeah, no, now she knows for sure. You know how African moms be, yeah, bro. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's all out of love, though. It's all out of love. Yeah, man. yeah. So let's go back a little bit to Senegal and when you first started even playing basketball, because, um, you know, basketball is international. Obviously, the U.S. Mm-hmm. during the Olympics, they're dominating and stuff, having the most stars and, mm, and everything. Yeah. But when did you start picking it up, learning? Who were you watching at first? Also, a dominant yeah. in football, by the way, I might add. They're it's good football. football as well. Yes. Football team yes. Not only the basketball team, excellent. But yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, like you said, football is excellent. Football is like probably the top sport there. So I started playing football 
But, you know, I wasn't good enough. I was tall, so they put me at the goalie spot. Mm. So I used to be a goalkeeper, you know what I mean? Yeah. They put, if you suck, they put you at the goalkeeper spot. <laughs> you can't move. Go to goal, bro. Yeah, yeah, bro. The arms, and, <laughs> Exactly. And I was good at it, too. I used to stop, man. But, um, you know, like, and then I started, because uh, the whole time, like, I used to watch basketball. Like, my uncle had some basketball videos. I used to watch it, but I didn't really play it. Um, and then I don't know what, I don't know how I exactly started, but at some point, I think there was one summer where uh, my mom got a new job at this, like, um, it's like this community center where they had like basketball course. And then there was like a team that came in there and was doing like a summer camp. Mm. So I was like, damn, might as well just go play. So, you know, before that, like I'd play soccer, I played tennis, I did uh, Kung Fu, I did kickboxing, I did all of that. Was that JM? swimming too yes so i did all that and i and like basketball when i saw the thing in basketball i told my mom i wanted to do it she was like are you gonna stick to it this time mm. i was like i was like yeah so mm. i did it and like turns out like you know sometimes when you just do stuff and you know you got natural Ability. like skills for it yeah exactly yeah. right so yeah. that's how it happened and then um you know like the first from the first day i started uh from starting to liking the game and then watching like Iverson, watching Michael Jordan. Those are the only two I was watching. And then N1 mixtape. Mm, got N1 mixtape used to be my jam. And then just, I think, um, just watching those videos and seeing how the guys are training every day, like hard work. Mm. I started doing that. Bro, in one summer, from, do, from just training every day and just like loving the game and just trying to get better, like my skill level went from this to this, like, you know, it, over there they have clubs. So it's like, it was like a, I'll call it varsity, right? There's like, there's like junior varsity, varsity. And then there's like the seniors. So I was a young guy and like, I was progressing so much. The coach asked me to join the, the varsity, the senior team. And so I used to practice with them. And eventually that's, that's how I got better. And, you know, eventually coaches saw me and then asked me about the U.S. and stuff. So, so can I can I just give like a personal testament to so but I don't, but I don't think we've ever spoken about this story and this is just a perspective yeah. of mine that I had as a kid. Yeah. So when I was like, at the, remember at the time we explained Badu was like part of the older crowd. I was much younger. I think I was had to be fifteen at this time, most likely, mm-hmm. right? or maybe yeah. sixteen. And what happened was Badu, you probably remember Badu and Badu is one of the be- better players on the team, probably the best player on the team. And like without him, most of the time. The game wouldn't go in our favor, you know? Mm. And Badu jams his finger or you dislocate your finger. Yeah. You remember this? Yeah, okay. I remember that. You remember, he dislocates I remember that. his finger, right? So, um, Badu dislocates his finger. He's at the game, whatever. Next day comes, and I think there's a coach there to watch him or something where you needed to work out. Yeah. So, and I remember watching this just as a kid from the sideline, you know what I mean? Just watching. So, yeah. what Badu proceeds to do is put a splint on his finger mm-hmm. and do the entire workout left-handed. <sighs> Yeah, the I whole, remember that. The whole workout, left hand, like with Yo. a big ass splint on his finger, I'm like reverse dunking the ball with his left hand, throwing the ball. <laughs> I, I remember that. I'm seeing him like test out his finger, like with his right hand and the ball. He's like, I, like, I'm watching him like analyze what the pain feels like, then mm-hmm. go over to the left hand, and like I'm watching all this as a little kid. And I'm like, damn, so, so that's what they be doing. That's, from that's so, crazy. That's a testament to. I even to forgot about that. Because you don't realize these kind of stuff, you're just going, you know. Yeah, but it's just, just like doing a, it. This is a kid's perspective. I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, we've never talked about it, but this is just something yeah. you pick up on the way. Yeah. So that was always something that stuck in my mind. Damn. Left yeah, hand, the whole thing, left-handed. I was like, all right, cool. So that's where I gotta get to. Yeah, man. <laughs> nah, but that was inspirational, man, for sure. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's One hard of those work. stories, you know. Yeah, of course, that's hard work, dedication, all that. Like you, you just had to do it and had mm-hmm. to make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what was it like in Senegal at the time for just for basketball in general? Like, what? what yeah. Was... So, um, so Senegal, uh, I'll say like the top sport is probably football, mm-hmm. and then after football, there's res- wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, is it's like the second one. Yes, look. It it's, called it's called Lamb. Lamb. Lamb, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And it's like, it's, I think Senegal is the only one that's doing I think Nigeria started doing it now. Yeah, yep, yep, they have. Um, yeah, but um, so at the time, basketball was not, you know, it was good, right? We had, they have different clubs, like within the a league, uh, within, within Senegal that's, that's playing. Uh, but it, it was not well recognized. So like me going to play basketball, um, 
I guess he wasn't like, you know, I wasn't seen as like, oh, he's playing soccer, right? This is more like here. It's like if you say someone played tennis or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah, so that, 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 that's the feeling I will get. Yeah. The one they don't exactly. really think about first. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But now basketball is huge in Senegal, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. the team is great. Couple guys in the NBA, like it, it just Come back, right? brought the name out. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're going to start a league in Africa. Yeah, they're going to start a league mm-hmm. soon. Well, so it's, it's growing a lot more than NBA. back when I started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you said the NBA started. The NBA starting oh, a league okay. in Africa. Yeah, oh, NBA awesome. Africa. Um, and they're starting essentially. The, I think it's going to be twelve teams, mm-hmm. but essentially yes. the teams will come from uh, specific countries. countries. Yeah, right. Exactly. So they'll exactly. Compete, and I guess they'll fly back and forth between the countries and and compete. And I think this is going to be monumental. Mm-hmm. Hey man, American it's about time. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's the guys like Hakim and 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 Mamadou and and all these a lot of Senegalese players I know that have gone through the league. That have come back and just the seeds program, right? That, exactly, that's a big man. One. I know Bunama came through there. I'm not sure if you did that. No, I didn't. Like that's that's the thing. Is like, um, like the guy that started it started. Um, well, the president of the NBA Africa right now is um, the guy who started Seeds Academy, mm. right? So it's like this nonprofit school within Senegal, uh, and all the it's like a it's like a prep school to be honest. So they have all basketball players. They train all day, go to school, mm-hmm. and eventually, if they are good enough, they'll ship them to the U.S. and Army, join a high Army school. Academy. Like they have all over exactly. Europe for all sports. And same, exactly. Same exact and, it, and it's, it, was the only, it, it was the only academy in Senegal mm. um, that's uh, specialized in basketball. Mm. So, you know, okay. I, yeah, yeah. So, like, before coming to the U.S., I did the test and all that, and they, like, accepted me to come to their school but my mom didn't let me because it was like a little bit out of in the regions mm. so um but eventually i figured out another way like on my own to to get to the u.s so mm. you know what i mean like i was you know what i mean if, if you're like sign if you're an artist signed with, with like a, a label mm. i was more like an independent mm. guy that, that came in the like way that. i came in the u.s <laughs> yeah yeah that's what's up that's what's yeah. up Wait, so what did you do since she didn't let you sign with them? You just went somewhere else to play and then you just... Yeah, no. So I just joined a club. I just joined uh, a club and I wasn't even like competing with the club. I was just training with them. But the coach that was on that club had a lot of connections with people in the U.S. So he saw that I had the skill, that I had the potential. Then he just hooked me up with some guys. Mm -hmm. I don't even need the club. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, exactly what you said. The the analogy you made, indie artist as opposed to yeah. a artist, ex- that's perfect, you know? Exactly. That's that's how it was, yeah. No, but that's dope. But I guess, and so that transitioned you into college. I know you went to school in Coastal Carolina. Yeah. That's in South yeah, Carolina, man. right? Yep, South so, Carolina. <laughs> so you went from Senegal, you went to North Carolina, you left, went to Florida, then came back to South Carolina. Came back to South Carolina, man. <laughs> so, so what was that like, kind of navigating that D1 athlete? now you've acclimated to the united states kind of know what it's about you're hooping yeah man no it was it was good man college was college was great (laughs) to be honest bro you know you know why it was great because um you know at impact bro we had you know basketball was good but in terms of like how they take care of you like food and all that stuff it was it was trash it's not the same once you get to college So so i'm going to college we have like two cafeterias unlimited food like anytime you want i'm like and i have get my in impact we were like what we have one room for like three people yeah. but i go to college i get my own room own bathroom own closet and it's you know like so you know everything yeah. is you know what i mean like you got space you're cool yes so i was like man this is great so like from my <laughs> first day going to school i was like man i ain't never leaving here <laughs> and, and I, I i remember my teammates were complaining about the cafeteria then the cafeteria of the school i was like bro y'all, y'all don't even know. this is like five star for me <laughs> yeah. I, no, that was the one thing when i when i was when we were in college i was like yo I don't really want to be an athlete to like deal with all the stuff waking up and I was like I did that already but the food and like oh yeah I got like three dollars of my meal card left I, nah, I won't lie that was probably one of the biggest buses of all time it's like okay even on campus but away games mm-hmm. blessed whatever mm-hmm. Gatorade 
Ukraine war. Yes. Da, 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 pizza boxes, wings, wings. Like the f- now, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm vegan now. Mm. So it would have been real hard back oh, then. God. I think like yeah. any athlete that's 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 vegan. I think yo, you really have to like if you're not rich, like the Chris Pauls of the world, the Lewis Hamiltons mm-hmm. of the world. That's a struggle, but. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's true, man. But as far as basketball in college, man, like as soon as I got, because to be honest, bro, like I will say college was my first experience, like organize an actual organized Mm -hmm. team, you know, playing against like good competition. Right. Yeah. So I had all of that. Exactly. So like just going in, like going to practice, like practice structure, all Mm -hmm. of those things, all of that was new to me, and you know I was recruited to come in and become a, a wing player three mm-hmm. as soon as i came in first practice they put me at the four i was like oh, man, man this is bullshit yeah man no i i did learn a lot from college just from like knowing what you can control you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um like just doing exactly what the coaches want so that eventually you can get to do you can have a lot of, lot of freedom you know all of that stuff and and you know I mean, we ended up winning two championships, you know, the NCAA. I know you did, too. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's uh, it, no, it was a great experience, man. Yeah, the coast of Carolina, like, it's a growing school. And it's, yeah. it's, I, I know you heard of it, like, the, the football team right now. Mm, they, uh, it's, like, rank. Up. It ranked top 15 in, in the U.S. So, mm, and the baseball team won the College World Series. We, meant, we, we went to the NCAA twice. So it was a good choice for me. That's what's up, man. That's, That's dope. dope. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, dope. for sure. That's dope. That's crazy. I saw that. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Rick Pitino is gonna be coach of Viona. Oh yeah, man. Yo, I that's saw. who's coaching our school now. I really, know, Rick yeah. Pitino. So oh, that's legit. Yeah. So we gonna see. <laughs> that's legit. We gonna see how that goes. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I saw the billboard while I was driving to come here one day. I was just like, wait, Rick, that Rick Pitino? Ra- like, that Rick Pitino. <laughs> did Did you go to Iona too? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's okay, we're, man. That's what's we're, up. We're both in the same yeah, major. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all had, we y'all crossed, had good players. We crossed, we crossed paths in the corridor in mm-hmm. our building where our major is held. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. imagine one thing led to another. Boom, boom, boom. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Here we are. We <laughs> yeah, man. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's man, what's up. Goes. But, but that's sick, man. I, I wanted to go back to that basketball point um, when you said that uh, you won all those championships. You did all those things for the school, right? So how do you feel now about, you know, them letting some of these players make some money off of their names and maybe get some endorsement deals and that kind of mm. stuff? And don't you believe, as I do, that it's long overdue? No, man. To, to be honest, though, I, I think it's like, I guess my perspective is a little different for it. It's that, um, you know, for college athletes, like the top players like Zion, um, you know, who are one of the top players in college, like Anthony Davis, all of those players, mm-hmm. like they should have been paid for their, how much the college profited off their likeliness and all mm-hmm. that. So that's, that's long overdue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, and then like the way I think for mid-major players and players that don't really have a name, right. I think, you know, it's, it's like getting the scholarship and being able to go to school and, it's and play sport. It's, it's great. It's, it's great. But I feel like, not even paying the players, but just, you know, taking care, of their, in, in, taking care of them in terms of living. I mean, you know, recently they started doing the unlimited meals. At the time, it wasn't really unlimited meals, right? You had to figure out your own way. But, yeah. you know, having unlimited meals or, um, you know, you know, maybe giving the players like, you know, some type of money monthly, like $200, $250 monthly, which is great in college, you know? Mm-hmm. So when, when people talk about paying, it's not more like, oh, we need to give this college player a contract. It's more like making sure they are good like while they are at your school. I think, I think that's the perspective I have. I, I think, you, I think you, you nail it on the head yeah, because, sure. like you said, there's two conversations to be had because there's two yeah. types of college athletes. There's the college yeah. athlete that's going to continue on and that's going to become their livelihood. And exactly. The college athletes that are doing it and then gonna, you know, work, go into the workforce. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right? So I agree with you. It's two def- definitely two conversations that need to be had. Yeah. I think it becomes an issue when even a mid-major player can't, you know, if they can, if they happen to have a name, like maybe they're Instagram famous for a different reason outside of their sport. Yeah. They still can't monetize themselves. Yeah. They still can't yeah. get a job. They still yeah, exactly. can't. You know, those kind of things. So yeah. exactly. I agree with you. But there's it's it's a, it's a complex conversation. But I think how they did it in terms of. Mm-hmm. You can use your own name is the best way to mm-hmm. do it instead of the school pays you. 
Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree with that exactly. It, with that exact same thing because like some people they'll start vlogging like their day and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then, you know, if, on YouTube, if you make money, I feel like you should be able it to keep because that's your thing that you're doing. If it's you know, if it is outside of uh, basketball and the coach doesn't want you to bring the camera in, that's fine. That's understandable. But that's yep. still you and and your likelihood, your name. And all that stuff, like the jerseys that you have, like they're selling it. That's you. That's your likeness. Like, exactly. You, I feel like you should get something from that. And like you said, like the food, just take care of them because they're trying to win the championship for you. They only yes. got four years to show what they're what they're made of. And so, yeah, you know, man. You know, before they and a lot of athletes, if we, if we continue this, a lot of them don't really have a second plan of what they're gonna do after. The majority. So exactly. if they could have the something. Yeah, the majority. So if they could have something at least. Then they could be like, all right, I have this that I started, this that I'm doing on the side. I have a little bit of money saved, so let me use this to to go do something else. So, also, like you said, bro, yeah. two hundred fifty dollars in college goes a long way. It goes a long way, man. Like I, the the reason I say this because I remember, I mean, now the the rules are changed, but I remember my freshman year. Um, like we'll have sometimes practice late. Like so we'll finish, we'll have practice late because practice used to last like three to four hours. Yep. Like with like you know Everything film and all of that yep. stuff. So. You know, we'll start practice at five. We won't finish. We won't get out of the gym till like eight thirty nine, and then the cafeterias are closed. Yep. Right. So we are out. Like cafeterias are closed. We have nothing to eat. That's crazy for mm-hmm. for a college athlete. Mm-hmm. And but now you know they're changing it. Like the, the rules are changed now. Yeah. Shout out to Shabazz Napier for that one uh, interview yeah. he did. <laughs> I remember that. Shabazz Napier. Yeah. No. Division one sports on his back right there. Yeah, man. For a quick minute. For a quick minute, but um, but yo, so I, what I wanted to say was specifically how was navigating university as an African man, right? Like, how did that tie into it? How did that ever, you know, did you feel, you know, ever, you know, shifted or what it made feel and how how you saw that shift earlier? I know I know we talked about this offline, um, but that shift when you know people really started embracing African culture, embracing yeah. the music, really getting into <laughs> this thing that we call Afro beats, right? You yeah. know what I mean? And twisting yeah. it to now this whirlwind of, of things. So talk yeah. a little bit about wait, that. Man. Before you, what year did you did you arrive? You, you said mm-hmm. 20, 20, to the US, right? Yeah. 20, end of 2011. Okay. okay. Actually, no, 20, beginning of 2011. That's when I arrived. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Gotcha. And you graduated college when? 16 2016 16 yeah so from 12 to 16 um no but like my school wasn't really didn't really have a big african community was only a few of us um but for i don't know about you man but for me it was always cool every time someone asked me i'm from senegal man west africa it's something cool for me to say you know like have have that accent that you know that like i I don't know how to call it you're just different um so, so when I was in college, you know, every time someone asked me, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm from Senegal, right? And it's like, oh, Senegal, where is that? Then I'll explain West Africa. Then it's like, then I get this, like, good reaction. Oh, you're from Africa, you know? Like, right. the regular, what people say, I, I want to go there so bad. And I don't know yeah. what you're waiting for, but. Right, right, right. right. Uh, it's not going but, anywhere, huh? Exactly. It's, it's not going anywhere. No, but um, it, was, it was great, man. Like, like, I had another Senegalese guy who lit who joined after I was after I joined there and he will make some um some Senegalese dish this guy was a really good cook mm. so he will make some Senegalese dish right so we'll invite invite some people they come over and eat you know they they will be down with the African food mm. that's a yo that's one thing we know how to do yeah hey our food oh my god yeah, I, had, I had a good Senegalese I mean throughout the years I had several 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 Senegalese teammates left and right mm-hmm. you know what I mean even yeah in college, I met Senegalese guys and my good friend took me to the Senegalese spot in New York. Oh uh-huh. my God! We had the rice, uh, the fish. We had oh my. Yes. God. Is that on? Uh, is that one thirteen or one sixteen? One of those roads I, on, I, in I New York. Exactly remember the street? Yeah, no, bro. <laughs> and the Senegalese community uh, in New York is heavy, huh? Mm-hmm. Heavy. Bro, it's it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Bro, I'm every every day I enter yeah. somewhere and I and I know somebody saying. I got death more for it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm hitting them. Bro, everything, bro. I, I, I came there. I, I came to New York because I was trying to um, renew my passport mm. and the embassy is over there. Mm. 
but I didn't realize that there was a, such a big community, Senegalese community there. So mm. like going through that road where the embassy was, I started seeing like these Senegalese shop people speaking Wolof. <laughs> I was like, yo, am I in Senegal? I swear, bro. Man, I'm telling you, man. I was like, this is great. And they had restaurants. Like the food is great yep. like, over there. Yeah, man. Nah, that's why New York is great because you that can is find a big any, anything, any, anywhere, yeah. from anywhere. Like you, you will find it in New York, almost guaranteed. That's a fact. Um, but so you had a, so you had a great experience, like no, no trouble, no nothing like that. So, yeah, man. Like to, to be honest, like I've never had trouble. Well, I mean, it's it's not trouble. It's just fun to me to hear. But you know, when you play games, yeah, like and you, you're the only African kid. Like the uh, the fans on the other team, they talk trash man mm. call me Django call me like you know fresh right. of the boat go back to Africa trying to get in the head right yeah, yeah. but all of that shit was fun to me you right. know cause like right. for me being African is like the, the coolest thing that ever happened to me mm-hmm. so there's no way you can make me feel bad about being African mm-hmm. yeah so I think I think that's very powerful right yes. so yeah I think it's a lot of a lot of it, a lot of it comes down to uh, people not knowing where they're from right yeah you can say mm-hmm. I'm from Senegal I know yep. what Senegalese p- people look like. I know what they eat. I know what they dress like. I know how they act. You know, that's a powerful, powerful thing. And yeah. it's stripped from a lot of people that are here that don't have any connection to their African roots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, or even it happens also, like, people that, that get in my predicament, actually, uh, where they're growing up in an African household in a European country. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That happens yeah, as well. True. You know, you're ashamed for being... Mm-hmm. But... Um, I think I was lucky enough because I had like East and West Africa. So it was two completely different sides of Africa that were coming together. Mm-hmm. And it like forced me to like realize that this is, it was different. Like everything about yeah. was different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like growing. So yeah. that, that got me used to it. And then, and then it became a superpower for me yeah. as I got yeah, older. Man. Then it became an absolute yeah, superpower. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. So that, to, to your point, I agree. It's yeah, one of the man. coolest things that's ever happened is like knowing that's- that. Yeah. yeah, and especially yeah. during that time. It might sound. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, that, that's all. No, I was, I, I was gonna say like, for, it, it might sound cocky, but for me, like being African is mm. just it's cool as fuck. Yeah. You know, like you know, the, no from from the education, I, yeah, from the education I had, from what I've seen being there and now mm. being in another country, I can see a lot of a lot more things, opportunities that other people are not not gonna see here. Your perspective is yeah. different, man. Too valuable, yeah, for sure, bro. Yeah, for sure, and especially I was gonna say that around this time, around that time, that's when it kind of started, like, um, mm-hmm. like yeah, like when, yes. Alusha, Alusha, like when like the hits started coming out a little bit, then it was Davido, yeah, it was Bernard, and it was all that. Like that's when it started to be more accepted and more and cooler because if you had came here like 2004 around there, you probably yeah. had no, a man. totally you're, you're right. totally different experience, and you would have been like, yo, what is this place? This place is crazy. When it started getting played no. in clubs, man. Yeah. You know, when it really yeah. started becoming down with like yeah. hip hop culture as well, because I mean, a lot of this stuff in America, a lot of like. You know, pop culture goes with hip hop culture first. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. starts there and mm-hmm. it carries on. Down. So mm-hmm. once like it got into the hip hop culture and they were doing that, and you started seeing uh, um, New York artists like uh, what what was the guy's name? Casanova. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Casanova. He, he did a, yeah. a, a thing, in, a video shoot in Legos. Mm-hmm. Like what? That's that's mad. <laughs> that was true. Never ten years ago. Mm-hmm. You get me? So you know, you know what trick what triggered it? Black Panther, the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, too. you're very right, man. That's I, I, after Black Panther, everyone was was down for Africa, man. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Rest in peace, man. Rest in peace. What a guy! What a guy! Mm-hmm. But no, that that's actually a great point. I didn't even I forgot about that. You know, you're right, yeah. bro. That really did influence yeah. a lot of people, and Everywhere. how they did. Ryan Coogler is, a, is a, the director. He's a great director. Yeah, I mean, yeah. playing into it with with mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan and all that. Mm-hmm. Like he was a genius. With the history movie. and all that stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, man. And and also social media for sure. The internet for sure played a part because now yes, you can research Because before it was just mm-hmm. gossip and this and that, and you just heard what what happened, what was going on in Africa. But now it's like no, you could see that I have my yeah. house, I have this, I have this. I'm not living mm-hmm. it like exactly like I am. Like social media and the internet definitely played a part in I guess normalizing it or making it making it more normal to be like yeah, I'm from Africa. This is what I do. This is what we've been doing. Yeah, this is how it is. Like no, th- that's that's true, man. It's this 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 thing about Africa where 
um, like over here, if you watch your TV, of course they're going to show you the jungle because that's the thing they have that we we don't have, like they don't have here, you know, because I mean, we have buildings, we have roads, mm -hmm. but in all honesty, like it's not, you know, here is more developed, right? Like yeah. they have more infrastructure here. So we can't sell that as much, but we can sell those documentaries showing the jungle and showing the people in the villages, which yeah. we have, like we do have it, but we also have, some big ballers. <laughs> like, that's an excellent perspective. Yeah. Like, I yeah. want people to really, really to listen sell. to that, right? Because you have to yeah. understand how a country makes money. Like, here is the best infrastructure in the world. So why yeah. in the world would they show you what infrastructure looks like in Africa? Yeah. That's yeah. not what you want to see. It's not what you're going to go exactly. It's not what you're going to do anything with. You'll see that's a great skyscraper. Yeah. And that yeah. that's even right? debatable because Dubai is like, yo, that's okay. Just, yeah. oh, but Dubai, Dubai, yeah, they did it. They, they but, yeah. Yeah. melted gold and painted it on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the kind of stuff they do in Dubai. <laughs> so, yeah. unless, like, their yeah. police is a Lambo. But, yeah, mm -hmm. to your point, I agree, man. You have to be able yeah. to show what they don't have. You know? Mm -hmm. that, yeah. I agree. I agree that. If they show you safari <laughs> and a lion, then you might Exactly. Go Mm -hmm. No, that's definitely true. And but even in the in the infrastructure here, like my dad would say every day, he's like, "This is terrible." Because like even compared to Europe, the roads, like mm -hmm. I had to go get a new new tires and all this stuff because my the it the like riding over the potholes it broke the rims. So I got to get a new. It's like it's yeah. not even that good here. So it's like Damn. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind. Of, it's the American dream. It's a dream American for a reason. Dream. It is. It, it is, man. Here, here, here's like uh, like usually people ask me or like. Oh, uh, what do you like better, like, like Senegal or the US? <laughs> yeah, the and, and like the number, one, I'm like, okay, here, here's the situation, right? If you want to leave and have like a, you know, a social life, really enjoy your life, right? I would rather be in Africa. That's where mm -hmm. people really know how to enjoy their life. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to just put in work, like every day, you know, making money every day, putting work every day, this the US is this is for it. Mm -hmm. right? So that's those are the two difference. Like, yeah. we might be poor. In, in like terms of like economic uh, development, but as for our lives, like people live great over there. Yeah. Like Fun. people Fun. enjoy happy. their life happy. every single day, happy. happy. You know, here you come, you make a lot of money, but there is stress, there is anxiety, all of that are huge. Yeah. So you pick your you pick your poison. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, you answered that question perfectly. The the way I answer the same question when people ask me, "What do you like better?" I tell them, "Listen, honestly." It was up to me. I would take pieces of this, and I would take pieces of this, and I put it in the middle. Together, yep. And nobody yep. can say anything from there. You know, mm -hmm. that's always my answer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's that's the way that's to go on answer. that one. Because people always try to compare, like, what's the best country? What's the best? There is no best country. Every country there's has no country. something wrong with it. Everybody, every country has something great with it. And even the same with continents. Like, there's millions right. of problems here, millions of problems there. But like, and exactly. then I was gonna go back to your to your thing because. There's still, we always say, there's still poor people here. They're just next to the nice buildings. Next exactly. to the Empire State Building, next to this, next to that. So mm -hmm. when, so even though they're poor, they're still standing next to a billion dollar, trillion dollar building. And it's like, it just looks, yeah. it looks a little bit better than, than yeah. the other side. Yeah. I mean, you you have poor people here who are millionaires. You make a million, you, you spend 995000 <laughs> You know what I mean? You, you have money, you have the car, you have the thing, but you, you broke, really. Broke, yeah. Oh, I think a lot of that in this country is that nobody really owns much here. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. but that's, that's, the, that's neither here nor there because that, that could be a whole That's a whole different... We could do a whole other podcast on that. But I wanted, um, one thing I wanted to ask, right? So <clears throat> somebody like me, I've been to Africa before several times, lived there, housed there, everything, but I've never been to Senegal, right? Yeah. So now if I wanted to go visit Senegal, What's my what's my lowdown? Like, what is the advice you're giving me? Where are you telling me to go? And keep in mind, somebody that speaks French too, so I speak a little bit of the language. You get me? Yes. Not yeah. full tourist. So maybe I can yes. do a little bit more of the things that some tourists couldn't do. So what would be some of your recommendations? Maybe some of the spots you remember to hit up. Um, I'm going to go to Senegal, 100%. We have to go together. Like, we ah, plan it. I'm down. Yo, say less. I, but, um, you know, Senegal is like the spot is, is Dakar. That's the mm -hmm. capital, right? That's, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's where I'm from. So that's where, you know, the partying is. The, the as long as you have too, money. No? Sorry? The beach too, no? Yes, the beach is there as well. Mm -hmm. So as long as you have, like, if you bring in your money, you will have a great time, mm -hmm. right? Because, I mean, we have the clubs there. The clubs are, like, super popping. We have mm -hmm. the good food restaurants, nice hotels. Mm -hmm. um, 
like as far as things to visit, I think the, the one that I usually like people to go visit is called uh, Gore. It's called Gore Island. Mm. So this is island that has, um, has a prison, right? Mm. A prison where you, they used to hold slaves back mm. in the days. Mm-hmm. And it's like right by the water, right? And this like, it's like every time I go there, like I just want like when they go through the presentation, like show you around how it is like, you, mm. but you have like tears in your eyes because yeah. It, it's crazy. So that's one thing that I definitely recommend to go visit, man. Because you will see, you will see the chains are still there, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the prison, how small I've they were, they were still there. Yeah, the exactly. Oh man, that shit was. Like, yeah. So that that's that's one of the main things to visit. Uh, we also have uh, this thing we call the Pink Lake. If you look it up, you, you mm. it's, it's it's like a pink lake. Yeah, to be honest, though. Yeah, but to be honest, when you go there, it might not look as pink because you're like really close, Pictures, right? So right. it might be like a regular lake. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah oh. people like to visit that. Um, and then we have like this small attraction in this region that you can go to, like visit the mosque, visit mm-hmm. like the, like we have this re- really religious um, town in, in like in some of the regions that if you go there, like most of the people just wear socks. They don't wear shoes. Mm-hmm. Like I've been there for, I've been there, I went there like a couple of times and it's just like this really, I'll, I'll say, what's the word? Like holy town mm. where it's like everyone is religious. You know, everyone is nice. You can literally go there now and knock at any door at lunch or dinner time. They're going to welcome you. They're going to give you food. They're going to give you where yeah, to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly, exactly. Uh, yo, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. So, yeah, you know, you have, like, you have the beach, too. So anything you want to do, it's like, there, there is a place to do it. It's yeah. all there, right? It's all there. And, and Dakar yeah. is a big city. Yeah. That's yes. what people don't realize. Dakar is a big city, and I'm sure easy to move around. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's um, yeah. You know Traffic I mean? is a little bad, though. Say again? <laughs> Traffic is a little bad in Dakar. Ah, okay. Yeah, Much like Lake yeah. City. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we have about 15, to maybe 15, between 14 and 16 million inhabitants mm. uh, that live in, in Dakar because a lot of people from the regions yeah. move there to find better opportunities. That's a lot of people. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of people. people. Yeah, that's a lot of people. But, but that's good, yeah. though, man. That's mm-hmm. how it's got to be. We need more cities yeah. like Dakar. Yeah, man. <laughs> serious, serious. D- I know, DK City. Tell me, tell me about this. Is something I'm asking about is Akon, right? Akon, yeah. So we hear a lot about this out in the news. You know, a lot of people that are not really into it. But, but for those that are like, you know, outside, they've heard Akon does lighting everywhere. From your perspective, have you seen much of some of the work that Akon has done or anything on those lines? I haven't seen it? one thing about Akon Light in Africa. Mm-hmm. I, I know that um, I don't think he really focused, like to, like from my perspective, right? I'm not really sure, but I have, in Dakar and everything, I don't think he's, he's done any work there. Mm-hmm. But in other countries in Africa, I'm, I've seen um, like on the news that he did some work there, right? Mm-hmm. So there is that. Um, and then there is the, the, the Akon City. The mm-hmm. smart city. You've yes. heard of that? The new project, mm-hmm. didn't it? Yeah. But that's the new project. Like for me, to be honest, in all honesty, right? I don't believe in it. I don't, mm. I don't like I'll only believe it when I see it. Yeah. So that's yeah, it's ambitious. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It's ambitious. It's, it's ambitious. Like, I don't know how you can raise that type of money, like from a Chinese government. What did we give them but what did we give them in return? Like yeah, yo, that's, that's a huge, that's issue, huge right. issue right now. It's, it's exactly. Build, they're building everywhere, everywhere because yeah. people and 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 going back to our point before of people, you know, kind of downplaying Africa and all that stuff. And somebody's like, if it was so bad, why do people continue to go there? Since they've been there, they still stay. They're staying there, and then more people are coming. If it was so bad, why are you there? Because all the resources, like we keep saying, everything yeah. is still there. But that's a huge issue that I. So I'm with you on that a little bit. Where I'm like, why are we yeah, involving China? We we we. China's very involved in Africa mm-hmm. currently. Yeah, man. No, I'm I'm one of those guys that, like, I'm really skeptical when when like the Western the Western country, I mean Asia or whatever, mm-hmm. come to Africa and so and you, you know yeah exactly try to do good because We've heard like there is <laughs> exactly there there is one thing where we have all the resources i hate the fact that we cannot control our own resources and like exploit our own resources That's and that we have to rely on like the european countries mm-hmm. the, the western countries and mm-hmm. in just in order to to be able to exploit them that's i think that's crazy I don't have the answer for it, though. A crazy fact that I recently found out that I recently read is that Haiti is still to this day paying France for their freedom. 
Haiti. Oh my God. So first of all, the concept of paying for your own freedom doesn't make sense, right? Mm -hmm. Secondly, to this day, they're still paying the French government. Like what in the world are we talking about? Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. You came here without us asking you. Took, over. took all, all this shit. Kill people. Kill people left and said, we'll leave if you pay us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's crazy, know. man. It's, it's, a, it's a rat race, man. In, in Africa, it's that, like, people struggle. Like, if you're there and live there, like, you know there is not a lot of money. So if you get in any type of position that has power, mm-hmm. right, it's hard. Like, it's just the human mind, man. It's hard for you to not try to exploit anything you can to retain that power or retain that um, yeah. those connections to get the money. That's why they get into these deals that don't really help the youth, yeah. right? It, it only helps them and their family. And that's how the like the rich keep recycling through Cyclical, the good. Exactly. exactly. And the yeah. poor just keep on fighting. It's much like you said, it's very difficult though, right? Like It is. It, it is human nature, but like your human nature is self-preservation majority of the time you know what i mean most yeah. people are going to go yeah. for self-preservation and so exactly when they see they're in this position of power there's no repercussion for some of the th- things that they're doing mm. the exploitations that you're talking about i can yeah. exploit x y and z and i don't get and i might even be praised for it you yeah see what i'm saying so exactly it create, creates a cyclical mess yeah no it's hard because like you said that's human nature to take care of yourself take care of your family take care of your it peoples is. and especially if you had to struggle to get that money then yeah you're even more so like yo i work so hard to get this why am i gonna just give it away to people who didn't even help me or blah 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 but then it takes a special kind of person to be like nah we need we're, we're a team we're a group we're, we're people that we need to help each other and to grow and to invest in ourselves like yes. you know, instead of asking asking somebody else to come in and do it for us so mm-hmm. it is it is definitely hard um but what has been going on currently right now especially with covid and the pandemic yeah how is it mm-hmm. how has it affected senegal right now so um so covid to, to be honest yeah we know you're not in senegal yeah. of course but uh, yeah like but to be honest bro like people in Senegal just has been chilling, man. Mm. <laughs> Some of them might wear masks and all that. Funny, like at the beginning, what's funny is at the beginning they had a they had a curfew and the curfew was what maybe nine or ten p.m. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the cops will be out around that time, and if they see more of them outside, you're gonna whip them. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing, like I started seeing videos of dying laughing. Uh, but the, the cases over there has been really. Like, even if, like, they increase at some point at the beginning, mm-hmm. it's been handled really properly. Like, my mom had COVID mm-hmm. not too long ago. Mm-hmm. She had it. And, you know, she was, they put her in her own um, hospital room. They took care of her. They, like, did the tests every other day. Like, after a week, she was out. Nothing happened. End of story. So, you know, the way they handled it was, like, you know, top country level. So, I was, like, I was really impressed. Well done. Yeah. So that's 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 what happened with the pandemic. So now people are um, people are just out doing their thing, man. I mean, mm. I've never seen them really struggle with like quarantining and all that. And, and I know as far as news, like what's going on, like one of the big news that recently started going up is that like since there is a lack of opportunities for the youth, right? They um, so the, the the China, China again. So the government got in a contract with like the Chinese government mm. and allowed them to go through our territories and start fishing with their like big industrial ships, right? Mm. So what happened with that is that once they start doing that, our local fishermen, um, like they will go out to fish like the way they like bring money for their family like every day, but they would go out to fish, but the, there was not enough fish anymore because like, the big ships came and just took everything right so yeah so these people like started feeling like the government doesn't care about them a lack of opportunity they couldn't feed their family so what they started doing is taking those small like like i'll send you a picture later but it's like this it's not a canoe really but it's bigger than a canoe boat Mm -hmm. that they use to fish Mm -hmm. started taking that going straight to spain to spain spain bro spain yo like I'm, I'm telling you, but like, obviously, some maybe made it, but a lot of people have died on the way. Cause yeah. like, you know what I mean? A lot of people have died on the way. So that's been a big issue right now, where, you know, the look, the the, the youth is looking for opportunity. The government is doing their thing, yeah. and so people Everybody are just dying. Yeah, 
people are dying on the in the sea at sea trying to look for better opportunities outside of africa that's that's really sad bro that's if you really crazy. think about it that's crazy yeah for sure for sure yeah but, man, that's a worldwide thing, bro. it's true it's a worldwide thing and it, it's a dilemma it is a it, dilemma it is. that the government has to face because they're one they're sitting here they're like okay how can we improve our economic stature yeah. you know what i mean and that is through these big deals and then, but then there's so many repercussions so many people it affects yeah right? so and many people take all that into account and you can but then there's a level of like we need the money it comes down to that <laughs> bottom line it really will every that's, time you know? mm-hmm. and that's never a good that's a, that's a rock and yeah. hard place rock and hard place bro. Uh, yeah. It, it is. I mean, this this back to what we're saying. Like the government just trying to find those other deals, opportunities that sound better, but he's not really helping the the actual regular person who's mm. going out every day trying to make five dollars to feed their family. You know what I mean, yeah. like that's the level. You know, that's crazy. I mean, that's part of Africa that like people don't really talk about. People talk about the jungle. People talk about oh they're poor, but they don't really talk about how. Like a regular dude, a, like a regular dude can go out, every, try to go out every day and make, like, if they make a dollar, if they make two dollars a day, done well. like that's good for them, yeah. right? They they can feed their family. But that's, that, a that's crazy. Work day, like that's, that's a full work day. Full work day, not just like trying for ten minutes. No, full work yeah. day. And then, and then what what happened is that those people then see the other people that goes to um, Europe or the US and see as soon as they go they start living the good life mm-hmm. then it's like oh like we gotta go yeah and that's why that's starting taking big risk and then end up dying on the way I agree I agree it's it's again it's a dilemma it's how do you how do you figure the problem but I think it's again it has to be this middle ground youth and I think I've seen a shift maybe a little bit with this with this internet with the internet coming along and digital maybe yeah. trying to transform and really I've seen a little bit of a shift in the youth not only in Africa, yeah. but over here, really all over the world. And I think our China. generation, China, mm-hmm. our generation is starting to think different. It is, man. And then that's, that's why it's like, a, like people like us, like at some point we have to, you know, learn a lot what we can here, mm-hmm. you know, save our back. money and be, be, be able to invest in something there. True, um, that's, True. that's the only way out. The diaspora is, is like huge if we can't go back. I totally agree. Totally agree. Speaking of that, speaking of people like us, speaking of entrepreneurs, I see you got that shirt on, man. Talk to us a little bit about that, bro. A little bit about, about what that means and what, what that represents. Yeah, man. So this um, so this shirt, I just came up with it in the pandemic. Mm. I made it and then I was like, damn, I'm going to go sell it. Mm-hmm. And so, but um, it, it says, I'm a founder. Basketball is my startup. And then uh, skill is my product. Mm. So that's it's like you know, you might ask, what the hell that means? But it, no, for me, it's, it's more, me. yeah, for me, it's more like um, trying to change the narrative for like athletes, right? How people are always like, oh, shut up and dribble. Or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You're an athlete. There is nothing else you should be doing. Mm-hmm. I, I hate that narrative. So I'm trying to change that narrative by having these, you know, doing other stuff um, and making sure that like, if you see an athlete, you, you, you need to realize that this guy, like just like fucking Steve Jobs stayed up all night, wake up early in the morning on the computer. This yeah. guy woke up early in the morning, stayed up all day at the gym trying to perfect his skills. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is that they try to perfect that skill so they can get to another level, get more money, and then help their community, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing. Steve Jobs tried to change the community trying to change the work. This guy is putting all the hours and um, all the hours, all the st- and just trying to get better and you know help their families. So mm-hmm. that's that's the whole point of this shirt. Um, and then eventually, of course, like I want to make sure that athletes know that you know the opportunities that are given to you, you should like exploit them and make sure that you know you can be more than just an athlete. I think that's 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 the goal for me. Like be more than just an athlete. Be able to, um, you know, be able to once you're done with basketball, be able to go to a company or start your own company and then become a CEO from that company. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's the goal for me. That's, yep. that's dope, bro. That's dope. And yeah, I 100% agree with you. 
100% agree with what you said about athletes and how they're being treated and stuff because there's a, a Muhammad Ali documentary that came out yesterday and you just see just how smart and how, how well-spoken he is and, and mm. everything he said made sense at a point. Like he read... He, he, was he, was ta- he was talking to Malcolm X. <laughs> Malcolm X is yeah. one of the smartest people Ali in history. So it's like, yeah, don't, you can't just rule out athletes like that. That's some BS. And, th- and then I have to say, I absolutely love how you, you know, made the link between building a business and building your skill of basketball synonymous, right? Yeah. Because much yeah. like you said, the Steve Jobs of the world, they put on all, the, all his effort. So does the Kevin Durant of the world. That's to the extreme level. Mm. But even at the base level, the startup owner down the street that's struggling to survive during Corona is putting just as many hours as the kid that's trying to get that Division One scholarship. You know what I'm saying? It's holding exactly. the skill. Mm-hmm. So I really, exactly. really like the idea of making those two concepts synonymous. Building that startup. Yeah, man. The company. That, that, that's sick, man. That, that's a good idea. Bro. Yeah, man. Spread that. That's, 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 that's it, man. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the goal, man. That's Because uh, like I've always been that guy that's like, you know, I love basketball, but at the same time, you know, I like to use, I like people to know that, you know, I can do more. I can always do more than just being an athlete. So, you know, that's, that's, that's it for me. Exactly, man. Uh, do you want to get into the news? The segment of the week? Yeah. So what we want to do is we had a new segment of the week. We call it Susu. You ever heard of Susu? The, the concept, yeah. it's, it's a concept in many, um, I, I think they do it in multiple African countries, but I, I heard it first time in a book. Essentially, the concept mm-hmm. is that everyone from the community brings in their their piece, uh, um, like say the women are doing it, right? The, one woman will go in the middle and everybody in the community will support her until all of her dreams are fulfilled. Mm-hmm. From there, the next okay. person comes in the middle and that's what they call the susu. Yeah. Everyone puts in the middle yeah. part for the community. Mm-hmm. So the second yeah. one is called susu because we wanted to introduce a couple of facts. So mm-hmm. we we're going to bring some facts about Africa, little known facts. I have a couple about Senegal. Drew has a mm-hmm. couple about, uh, I'm, I'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. where we generalized. We didn't generalize this topic, but uh, Drew, we'll let you. We'll let you I mean, I just had one place. fact that I picked up today. Hmm. Um, and it's actually, it's actually, I like it because it's not, it's kind of strange, but it's, but it's still on par. Hmm. Um, it's actually about the banjo. And the banjo is heavily associated with American South folklore country music. The banjo origins can actually be traced to back to West Africa in the 13th century. The banjo descends from various styles of West African lute, and mm. the concept of the instrument was brought to the U.S. by enslaved Africans. By 1781, Thomas, Thomas Jefferson, when writing about slaves on his plantation, the instrument proper to them is the banjar, which, uh, which they brought hither from Africa. And as a, as a big music person and a music lover and everything and wanting to be in the music industry, and seeing Lil Nas X, especially his rise and doing country kind of rap music, mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah. are like, wow, he's doing what Billy Ray Cyrus is doing. He's doing what Keith Urban or whatever country star, uh, Carrie Underwood, you want to say. But mm-hmm. then you look, when you, every time you look deep in history, Africa is somewhere there. <laughs> every time you look, you just look back far enough and you'll see Africa is there. And then to me, it's like, even during slavery, we had things that we were still doing. We were still prospering to then create something or to or they, they learned something from us that made them millions and billions of dollars the that, yeah. We had, yeah, yeah. that we had before them, before they even knew about it. So that I was like, that's crazy. And, you know, mm. of course, shout out to us and like. Yeah, being enslaved and still have and still having that—that's even yeah. You know what's, what's funny good. is that we didn't we didn't we don't actually for this segment we don't actually pre-talk about any of the subject sub- mm-hmm. or facts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my fact is actually on we've heard of the dance or the fight style capoeira. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It, it's they call mm-hmm. it Brazilian, right? Yeah. And yes. one thing I learned actually when I was in I was in Mexico recently and there was a girl she was talking about training capoeira and she mm-hmm. was like, well, the origin of capoeira is actually that. The enslaved people that came over from Africa to Brazil and those Southern American countries, mm-hmm. uh, they needed they needed a way to one keep their culture, and they also needed a way to defend themselves and fight. Yeah, because capoeira is a style of fight. Yes. So what they did was, if you watch capoeira, it literally looks like a full blown dance. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't yeah. look like they're gonna hurt you, but realistically they'll kill you. But <laughs> yeah. so what the slaves did was they told the masters, no, it's just a dance. So they told them, no, oh, it's just a dance. We're, we're not doing anything. But in reality, they were training. Mm-hmm. That's I crazy. I didn't know that. Really genius. Yeah. I was like, yeah. yo, what? You're That's- kidding, I found out just a little bit before you, you said that again. I was like, oh, 
shit. Like, that's crazy. How unreal that, uh, is that? I didn't know. That that. Dance you know, at the genius that, level. And, like, the, if you look at the, the dance now, as I said, it's lasted the test of time. Much, much like the banjo. It's lasted mm-hmm. the test of time. Because it was created that's, in a time of such immense pressure. Mm-hmm, pain, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it could just last, bro. So that was interesting. That was an interesting fact to me. That's bro. crazy. I didn't know that one. Wow. I, I, I want to look it up, too. It makes me want to learn Capoeira, exactly. bro. It makes yes. me just, you know? It was like in a movie in 2003, four, whatever, like way back when that I asked my mom, I was like, what's this? She's like, Capoeira is in Brazil, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, that's cool. But then now, again, 20 years later, you just learn, yeah. like, oh, that's where it's from. And, yeah. and it makes sense because outside of Africa, Brazil has the highest population of black people. Well, the majority yeah. of like, the majority majority of slaves went well, to South America. Exactly. They didn't South come America. to yeah. North America. The majority of them went Another to Another fact. Yep. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Another fact, we, yeah. We don't even really know. And mm-hmm. I'm talking like literally maybe three-fourths of the amount of slaves that are brought over mm-hmm. went to South America. You know? Yeah. Mad, no, that's bro. true. Mad, yeah. bro. The more you learn, man. The more you learn. That's the history, bro. That's the the more you learn, man. I, I Like, I feel like if you, if you go to Africa, bro, we have, like, back in the days, we have everything. Like, mm-hmm. right now, you know how they're saying... Uh, like, you know, women empowerment, women in business, women entrepreneurs, like mm-hmm. before slavery, before those ships started coming, like the, the markets in Africa were dominated by women, mm-hmm. right? And they were entrepreneurs. They were there. They were the one leading it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we have North Africa. We had like the, the doctors, the, the mad guys, the mm-hmm. uh, like everything, like entertainment, dancing, singing, like Africa's vast. It's, it's vast, man. And, you know, like. Like at so, like for some point I'm I'm mad that you know we we were not able to like I guess like just compete with other countries mm-hmm. but at the same time we have our own way of doing things you know mm-hmm. like so eventually I believe like at some point you will see that Africa is like one of the top um, continents in in, in in the world. We started this life started. No, it's, it's, it's gonna start exactly. There. It's, it's gonna end. It's, it's gonna end. finish, man. I think the that, motherland. Like, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that it, Africa can get to the point where where like I can catch a flight to Senegal, Senegal to Lagos. Like I can catch a flight from London to Paris. Oh, yeah, right. exactly. Like, let me go to Joburg for a quick. Mm-hmm. You get me? Let me go to Burkina Faso. Yo, <laughs> the level of stuff we're talking about. Yeah. Is un is is godly level stuff mm-hmm. like the amount in Africa that's Unreal. natural, Unreal. natural. Yes. United 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 States of Africa. Soon, man. Hopefully. Yo, thank you, bro. Yo, Dude, thank you, man. On that note, man. By hey. Thank you, bro, for coming. Thanks for me. having me over, man. Mm-hmm. You guys are great, man. It's when a great podcast. Over, you got to come back up to New York. We'll be at 116th Street again. Yeah, <laughs> bro. We'll get some food. If I come to New York anytime, bro, I'm going to hit you guys up for Relax, sure. We we'll have to meet up. Bro. You already know what it is, man. Sure, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to the African Connection podcast. Yes, Where can they find you, man? Instagram, social media, all that stuff. Yeah, man. So, uh, so Instagram, you can find my uh, Instagram is the great underscore Badu23. Mm. I've been out of it for a week, though, so I probably should get back on it. But that's that's my Instagram. That's really important. Yeah. That's my IG. Um, and that's on Twitter as well. So those are the two that I'm usually active on. So, yeah. Copy. Facts, man. Yo, you can find me, Real Benny. You know how it goes. Two N's, two Y's. Snapchat, Instagram. Don't really use Snapchat too much, bro, but uh, you know how it goes. <laughs> Full Circle Production. You can also find me there for some more content. Yeah. Look out for that. Yep. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, everything at I am Drew Media or Life of Drew with two underscores after that. You can find this podcast. Now we are on Instagram. You can find mm-hmm. this podcast on African Connection Pod yes, on uh, Instagram as connection well. Connection with a K. Connection with a K. And you can find us on Spotify, yeah. Apple uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find it on SoundCloud, you can, wherever you need to find podcasts. It works. Like, yeah, man. Podcast. No, that's great. Mm-hmm. Once again, we have Badu on. Thank you again for coming, and we'll yes, see y'all. Thanks, guys. Alright man. Peace. And the message from Burner, I believe, would be that every black person should please remember that you were Africans before you became anything else.